Welcome to the Horror and Hops podcast, a podcast about horror movies and great beer. Thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome to the Horror and Hops podcast, episode four. Thank you for checking us out and listening in. If this is your first time joining us, again, thank you for listening. We are a show that discusses horror movies while enjoying some great beer and one of us is absolutely afraid of horror movies. Amen. But more on that in just a bit. My name is Kevin Lambert, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friends in horror, Kevin Johnson, Ryan Bork, and Mr. Monroe to the kids, Caleb Monroe. Howdy. Hey, everybody. Hello. Peace. That's Ryan. Peace, Ryan. Now, I only emphasize Caleb's name because without him, this podcast probably wouldn't be around. He is very afraid of horror movies, and based on our previous episodes, he's still not convinced. No, not even close. That he will be seeing them on his own. No, never. If you've listened to all of our episodes so far and have come back, thank you for coming back. We're having a lot of fun with this. Please subscribe, rate, and review to all the streaming platforms. In this episode, we will be watching and discussing Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Now, I know Caleb's the only one that hasn't seen it, but anytime I say The Shining, I just want to hear that scary music in the background. It's a great movie. The Shining was released in 1980. Directed by, of course, Stanley Kubrick and written by Stanley Kubrick and Diane Johnson from the novel by a person we've talked about several times, Stephen King. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to get into this. We'll also be drinking a delicious IPA that Kevin has more information on for us. What are we drinking tonight? Today we are drinking Hopadillo by Carbach Brewing Company. Uh, if you don't know, Carbach Brewing is out of Houston, Texas. It's a bit hoppy, too. It's a little hoppy, yeah. Yeah. I agree. The Dillo punches. Uh, I'm, I'm going to read the description from the can because when we read it earlier, it's just too good to to not. So it says, he lurks in the shadows, waiting in bold anticipation. He's surprisingly bitter. Bitter about something. Legend has it that he feasts on those with fresh hops coursing through their veins. This dry-hopped Texas IPA has a flavor as defiant as the Hopadillo himself. It's packed with the bracing bitterness of hops from around the world that this creature craves. He's coming to get you. You've been warned. Mm-hmm. Great, it's Kevin. Us. Now you just scared Caleb with this beer. <laughs> Caleb won't drink him anymore. Poor Caleb. But thanks to Carbot I'll for uh, giving us the okay to promote their beer. Hopadillo is a... Really, really good beer. If you want to visit Carbock Brewing Company, they are located at 2032 Carbock Street in Houston, Texas. And they are open Monday through Sunday, every day of the week. Wow. Go visit Carbock Brewing. Impressive. That's awesome. I'll drink a beer on Monday. Yeah, I'll drink a beer on a Monday, too. Why not? I do like Carbock. I've only I've only had a few. Which ones have y'all had besides the... I've had their uh, the pills. I think that's their... Pilsner's, it's just called Pils. Uh, Love Street. That was my mm. that was my favorite beer of this summer. Actually, Love I agree, hundred uh, percent. Really good. Drinking a lot of Love Street. This a lot summer. of Love yeah. Street. It's good stuff, people. And, it's uh, moving to the the fall yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, been drinking it. Oh yeah. Um, I have not had a Carbock that I don't like. Honestly, no, they're all they're all really good. Yep. I have a. I'll go with. Uh, I'll go with a different one just because we all drink Love Street. Um, 
big, big fan of their, um, okay, well, I say big fan. It's just kind of weird. They've got sort of a, a ginger lemon one. It's not one I could drink over and over again, but you know, when I want something a little different on a hot day, it's, it's pretty good. It's, it's weird. The in lemon a good way. ginger rattler. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yes. It's, it's weird, but I like it a lot. Give My it, wife try. actually, uh, she had one last week and that's one beer she can get. She does not like beer, but mm. she liked that because it doesn't taste like beer. Right. Um, if you like gingery stuff, yeah, no, I think, so, yeah, if, if you get a chance to like make a six stuff. pack, I say throw one in there, it's worth it's worth drinking, you know, kind of throw in, break the mix up a bit. Awesome. Well, I think we'll we'll keep Carbach in the rotation and try a lot of their stuff. I know we <clears throat> we've actually already planned on a Christmas one. Oh, yes, yeah, you'll shoot your eye out, you'll yeah, shoot your eye out. I'm excited to try that one, amen. Well, before we move on to the movie, one more thing we like to discuss, we like to bring in a few relevant horror news that's going on, whether it's Something that's in theaters or soon to be in theaters or TV, books, comics, video games even. Something that's going on that we are interested in and we'd like you to know about as well. So let's throw it to Ryan. Ryan, what do you have? Uh, it Chapter 2. Yes. Um, a huge fan of uh, the remake. Uh, like I'm, not, I'm, I'm such a big fan of that movie. I could just go on about it. But um, anyways, a uh, little bit of news. Uh I'm really excited about the cast. Um, Jessica Chastain, Bill Hader, and James McAvoy. Uh, yeah, that's, some hard hitters. Yeah, that's, that's what got uh, me excited about it, yeah. really. And what's really cool is the kids will be back. Um, they'll be, you know, in like flashback scenes. So they'll oh, be awesome. in the movie. Um, I read that Bill Hader uh, said they just finished rapping, took them like 86 days to shoot it. And he said it was a roller coaster. And. Um, not only is it scary, but he said that, uh, it's surprisingly emotional, um, which if it's anything like the first one, you get really invested into the characters of the kids, you know, and what they're oh, going sure. through. Um, what I, what I thought was amazing. And, um, I read that, uh, Bill Skarsgård had more fun on this set because in the, in the set on the first one, they wouldn't let him hang out with the kids. Did y'all ever hear about oh, that? Oh, yeah, I did hear about he, that. He yeah. couldn't be around yeah, they the They wanted kids. the kids' reactions to they be were, real and right. stuff. Yeah. And he had a lot more fun on this set because he got to hang out with the uh, adult co-stars. Um, but yeah, it's finished rapping. Took him 86 days to shoot it, and it was a roller coaster of a ride from what they say. Awesome. And I would like to say that I've actually I've actually seen that movie. Well, right? I was gonna, that's I, what I was going to say. That's kind of the thing that sparked this the This has sparked the whole conversation. This podcast. Yeah, yeah and I, I did. I sat down. Movie. I made my wife watch it. She hates me for that. Um, but yeah, it was. I watched it on HBO. So it was, you know, not the edited for TV version or anything. I was real proud of myself. But it's yeah, a good man. movie. It's 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 a good movie. Well done. I well, cried a Well done, Ryan. That was awesome. Thanks. Thank you. Real quick, funny story. Um, my uh, my eight-year-old daughter had a sleepover <laughs> with one of her friends last weekend. And when she came home Sunday, she was like, Dad, I watched it. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, did you watch the old one or new one? And she's like, well, it looked new. Uh-huh. And I had it on DVR and I, <laughs> I turned it on. Uh, my DVR recording of the of the remake, mm-hmm. and it's it was just right on a pretty scary scene of the clown. She's like, "Yeah, that was it." Wow, wow! <laughs> and I was like, "Cool, Beck. I guess we can watch the movie uh, <laughs> now." And she's like, "No, that shouldn't have happened. That shouldn't have happened." <laughs> it's official. Your daughter is braver than me. Man, yeah, thought it'd take at least another year or so, but nope, it got me already. That's a great movie. I, re- I read, I don't know if I was watching it or, or read it somewhere. Me and Becca both saw it, but uh, so it was recently 
somebody said that it's you should let your kids watch horror movies because that like helps them to overcome fear and it can be good for them in later things in life, you know, just mm. overcoming things. And I was just trying to convince Becca, you know, man, we should let our kids watch more horror movies. Yeah. You heard yeah. it here, America. We turned out all right. You heard it. Yeah. Turned well, out watching those things. I snuck watching them. I know my parents <laughs> didn't really let me, yeah. but they didn't stop me once they found out. I'm a, I'm a very genuinely nice, good human being. Yeah, I agree. That gets along with everybody, has done well in life. And anyways, and hard moving on. <laughs> moving on. What do you have, Kev? All right. So um, I found something this week. Uh, Robert Eggers, who, of course, was the director of The Witch and The Babadook. Mm, good oh. movies. Um, he has... Written a screenplay that he wrote with his brother Max and directed the movie. It's called The Lighthouse. And it doesn't give an exact date when it's coming out, but it's set for release in 2019. There's not a lot known about it, but it sounds really intriguing. So it stars Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. And it's about an aging lighthouse keeper named Old. Old. I saw that article this week. Yeah. Yeah. And Willem Dafoe plays Old. And then Robert Pattinson's character plays a character named Young. I'm assuming they're the same entity. I don't know. Mm, um, makes sense. But Did it you? takes place in Nova Scotia in 1890. And, you know, Robert Eggers did a ton of research when he did The Witch to make sure that it was historically accurate. And apparently he's done the same for this movie. The other cool thing about this movie, it was filmed in 35 millimeter black and white. Ooh. So it's coming out in 2019. I am really excited. Robert Eggers is really, really a great director. Did you read that uh, Robert Pattinson almost punched him? I did. Yeah. Punched Willem Dafoe? No, punched Robert Eggers. So he said that, uh, he said in the magazine that the shoot just got torturous at times. And the quote is, that's the closest I've come to punching a director. However much I love Robert, there was a point where I did five takes walking across the beach. And after a while, I was like, what the fuck is going on? I feel like you're just spraying a fire hose in my face. <laughs> wow. Oh. Kind of sounds like Stanley Cooper. Yeah. Kinda, a we'll little talk bit. About yeah. more later. A little yeah. bit. So I'm anxious Very to cool. see this movie. I hope it comes out early to mid-2019. Um, they haven't released a date. They just said 2019 release. Yeah, that's exciting. He's two for two so far for me. Yeah, no, no plot yeah. details, so it's going to be really interesting. Awesome. Well, that's really cool, too. Well, Caleb, on the horror front, Caleb may not like the scary movies, but he does like to read about the scary stuff, especially in comic form. I do. Can I call an audible, though? Switch it up. Okay, yeah. yeah so I was gonna I was gonna talk about a comic, but I'll save it because it's it's actually one of my favorite comics of all time, which is cool. So I'll save that for another one. Uh, but Kevin was uh, mentioning you know different formats for horror, and while I won't watch them, um, I did make the mistake one time of buying a video game. So I'll talk about that uh, called Bioshock. I don't know if you've ever played oh. it before. Uh, wow. It is one of the greatest games yeah. of all time. I really love it, but it scared the crap out of me. Uh, if you if you've ever played it, it came out. Sometime in the early 2000s, uh, 2007, August 21st, 2007, uh, on Xbox 360, PlayStation 3 had it too. Um, and again, if you don't know anything about it, basically you, it, the game kind of starts out and it's set in the 1960s and you're in a plane crash and the next thing you know, you get you get uh, transported to this underwater town called Rapture that is supposed to be like this, you know, future forward, amazing place. 
and it is terrifying. There's people running around in like bunny masks and they're dragging claws on the ground. So like you can hear this just scraping of metal on metal and there's little kids laughing and there's these giant monsters that chase you around and you can just see their shadows like lurking off in the distance and you know at any second you could die. And it was the first time I played a video game where I literally paused it I think I was four minutes into the game when I paused it for the first time, had to walk out of the room and I was like breathing heavily. I was like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do this. Oh yeah. And then I, I sat back down and I eventually finished it by the way. So, uh, but yeah, it's a great game. So, you know, if you're looking for a little girls movie. where I'd like, I remember I turned it off. Yes. Like the first time you see the little girl and the, I forget, the big daddy, the big daddies. Yes. Yeah, the big they're daddies. called the big daddies. That's when I, I got a little scared. It was oh, just yeah. a demo too. Cause I remember I was like, Oh, really? check this out. And <laughs> it's one of those things, the demo, if the demo was the game, I would have been happy. I didn't need to finish that game, but it was it it's, is it it's was horrifying. very scary. It is. It's real like from beginning to end, it is terrifying. Um the end's kind of cheesy, but but all the Bioshock games are great. So so yeah, so I highly suggest, you know, if you're looking for a different medium to find horror stuff. If you're you know, if you like me and you didn't grow up on horror movies and you just hid from them, uh, this is something you can, you know, dip your toes into. Yeah. And I I recommend it as well. Bioshock was awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, that was it. That does it for the the news and recommendations segment. That was great stuff. Now let's move on to the the movie, The Shining. Mm. I'm excited about this one. The Shining's probably, I would say, it's in my top five like yeah. favorite movies of all time. I've seen it a lot. That's two of your top five already. I know. I've mentioned oh two. Well, I've gotten lucky here. Do you have two top fives? I have two <laughs> top five countdowns. <laughs> I call it my top ten. <laughs> wow. But right. yeah, it's it. Uh, we are watching a lot of my favorites right off the bat here. Good, I'm really yeah, excited. Yeah. But got to get them out the way. Yeah, The Shining's great. I'm excited for Caleb to watch it. It is a little. I won't say it's less scary because it has its own yeah, level of fright um, that it carries. But it's The Conjuring scary in last a week. Way. Yeah, it's, it's, if you listen to our last episode, that was probably the scariest movie Caleb's oh. ever seen by a long shot. Like not even, <laughs> not even maybe, just like by a clear mile. Yeah, and I, I'll. I would say this one would be up there as too. It's surprisingly frightening. Yay. I can't wait. I love it. So if this this would be the time if you'd like to watch it with us. Pause the podcast, watch the movie, come back, and hear how what Caleb thought about it. Nothing good. With some fun facts thrown in along the way. Uh, it is available to stream on Netflix, I believe. We will be watching the Blu-ray on the soundbar. Soundbar. Cranked up. Ah, oh, damn soundbar. Enjoyable, so... Hope you enjoy the sounds of Caleb's fright, and we will be back after this. Welcome back to the Horror and Hops podcast, episode four. We just enjoyed The Shining. Well, we enjoyed Caleb. Did you enjoy? Uh, you know, I came out of this one with mixed feelings. So I guess just my, my general over, uh, like, like how I felt about it walking out besides utterly confused. If you've seen it before, you know exactly what I'm talking about more than likely. Um, it was, God, it was mind bending. Like it I wasn't. It was not the same kind of fear I felt during the other movies, especially during The Conjuring. That was just blood curdling, wanted to die fear. This was more just like 
nails on a chalkboard. Uh, I'll talk more about the the Good sound explanation. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Like I'll talk more about the music later. Um, I guess when we really get into it. But yeah, no, it just I I don't know. My brain's rattled. Oh yeah, it's really rattled. I, so I was saying movie. earlier, like it's not it's a different type of scare. Like it very it, much so. It like fucks with your head. It does indeed. Well, what's your impression, Ryan and Kevin? We'll start with Ryan. It's been when's the last time you saw this movie before today? Uh, I've seen it. I, don't, I couldn't pinpoint that. The first time I saw it, well, I was in sixth grade. Sixth uh, grade. At my, uh, I was in Houston on vacation, and my, uh, I was hanging out with my older cousin, and we watched it. Been a fan ever since. Yeah, that's a good one. Come on, you, Kev. I was probably eight or nine, watching on USA. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mom came in during the blood scene. She's like. Turn that off. <laughs> oh, so much blood. <laughs> but I watched it again, probably for the first time, late junior high, early high school, something like that. But it's probably been, it's probably been a good two or three years since I've seen it. So it was good watching it again today. Yeah, it still holds up every time. It does. It was a good movie. Well, let's get jump right into our, our little play-by-play here. By the way, we have been enjoying plenty of Hoppadillos. Yes. Thank you, Carbach. Mm. Still drinking them. Ryan has discovered the way to make a great beer. If you hit him up online, he will pass on the information. Thank you, Ryan. Yes. Caleb, <laughs> give us a play-by-play of <laughs> right. what you experienced in The Shining. All right. So so I guess I just want to go in. Hey, before we get through the play-by-play, I just want to talk about, because we have a sound bar. I don't know if you've heard us mention it about 19 times. We have a sound bar. Um, and man, I mean, like, the majority of the movie wasn't scary, but... The buildup and the, I don't know, just the, I don't know how to describe it. It was this this weird, almost like deranged cricket sound in the background every once in a while. And just like the violin, you know, the, they would just oh, yeah. build and build and build. And then the heartbeat, which I, I took as the heartbeat of the house or the, the house hotel. Oh gosh, it was just. It was so unnerving. I mean, every single yeah. time they would change. We want to call them chapters that we want to call it, like in the movie. Pretty much Saturday. Yeah, dun, yeah. Dun. I yeah. know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I jumped during Thursday. Thursday got me probably the most. Damn Thursday. But yeah, no, it was just like that. Starts off right away too. It like does. the first opening shot, of the music's like. I was. I it loved it. In, by the way, super creepy. And I thought it was cool at first, and then I was mistaken very quickly because it just. Oh man. Like that's, that was really when the movie was finished besides the ending, which we'll get to, um, like all I could think about the whole time. I like, I I take little notes as much as I can. And I just kept typing in. I was like the music, the music. It just, that was probably the best one. I feel like that movie, if it weren't for the sound, do we call that a soundtrack? It's not really music or sound. With Stanley Kubrick movie, he never, especially with this one, there was, I think it was a man and a woman, like a team. They, they did like a lot of the droning music, but there's mm. a lot of stuff he goes through. He did it with 2001. I don't want to say see. Clockwork Orange. He did the same thing, but it's he just goes through and finds. He basically has this thing, and it, he, we'll talk about it as we go on too, but he has this thing he kind of implements in all of his movies to where like every little scene matters, every little sound, yeah. every little piece of music. So he'll dig through and find. So it's a lot of like old classical pieces. So the stuff you hear that's like terrifying is like a German. Ah opera song okay through in the movie but yeah the the music's by far one of my favorite parts of that it, it, like it really it it that will be the one thing outside of the the ending that will probably be what sticks with me the most like if oh, yeah. i think back about the movie like you know a year or two from now i'll be like man 
that just it just oh it just gave me the heebie-jeebies that um the score part where uh you hear all those people chanting something in oh a yeah echoey room I was, oh yeah i'd never noticed that before i didn't even know what they were saying <laughs> it was it was yeah, creepy it was, yeah, it was creepy so. okay so sorry so we'll jump into it because yeah the beginning the first that was the for my first comment actually about the movie um was because you see jack driving up jack's uh played by jack nicholson so that was just a good coincidence um and he's driving up to the what was the name of the place again the overlook the overlook yes yeah. i remembered olman the guy the i guess he's the manager of it mm-hmm. olman yeah i just remembered his name um so he's driving up there to um sort of get his you know he's doing the interview they even call it the interview um and he's kind of on his way up there and you don't really know much about him at first other than you find out he was a teacher I don't think it ever says where he was teaching. He just, he was a teacher who was kind of working through some writer's issues. And He's a writer who was using teaching oh, as a, sorry. well, that's what he corrected. You're, you're right. He, he did, corrected everybody. He corrected Ullman. You're right. Yeah. He did. He's, I'm He's sorry. He's a writer, writer. who's teaching part-time. Yeah. To uh, pay the bills. To pay the bills. You're right. He was trying to make ends meet. I believe was the words he said. Um, yeah. And so, so yeah, so you find out again, I've, by the way, I've never, like I said, I, I knew the very vague idea of the plot. I knew there was this, a family in an old hotel and one guy went crazy. That's all I knew about the movie going into it really. And red rum. I knew about red rum and the twins. Cause you always see pictures of that. Yeah, you know, that's like the iconic thing. Yeah. Red rum and uh, the twins. Um, so I had no idea he was like supposed to be the, basically the live in housekeeper while the place was closed down. Uh, and that, that's what he's interviewing for. He's interviewing for that. And then you get this creepy story and they're like, Hey, did they tell you, you know, what happened here? And he's like, well, no, they didn't. And you find out that there was uh, McGrady. Um, I don't remember the first name or was it just Grady? Just Grady. Grady. Just, yeah. I'm sorry. Just Delbert Grady. Grady. Delbert Grady. Yep. Yeah. You find out Delbert Grady was uh, the, one of the older housekeepers, I'll call him. Uh, and he went crazy and he murdered his entire family and chopped them up into pieces. And Jack is just like, Oh, okay sure he's like you know my wife's into this kind of ghost story stuff but he doesn't care um and so it, it kind of it then it also does the it did the weird fade-ins i i, I noticed this the thunder and thunder like agree with me like they had those weird like fade in and fade out scenes you don't really yeah. see in movies very much ever um like it would just fade from one scene to another and it so it jumped back to uh it finally jumped back to his wife and the son. So, uh, okay. Was her name Wendy or Winifred? Win- I heard her name was Winifred. But okay. She went, for short. she went by Wendy. That makes, okay, good. Not olive oil. I had all yeah. She was Shelly olive oil. oil. Wasn't a Winnie. Wasn't a Freddie. Yeah. She was a Wendy. <laughs> oh, Dick. <laughs> that man. We'll get to Dick later. Um, that's an odd statement. Uh, so, <laughs> so. <laughs> that's a funny way to talk. I probably shouldn't do an impression. You probably shouldn't. <laughs> so Come off the wrong way. <laughs> so I'm too white. <laughs> Hopadilla to the rescue. All right. So, like I said, Wendy and uh, Danny are at the house. And I've noticed a trend, by the way, guys. There are two trends I've noticed in the movies we've watched so far. Number one, children apparently are creepy as shit. Because in every movie we've watched, either the kid's been the demon killer, or he or she is talking to someone, or in this case, we have little Tony. All right, which, uh, again, I, so I've heard the voice before, the little red rum scene before. Mm. I didn't know what that was about. Now I, now I get it. Apparently there's a little Tony who lives in the back of his throat, who when he <laughs> wants to hide, runs, he runs down to his stomach, because that makes, I mean, at least he knows his biology. Little yeah, Tony. If I lived in a mouth, that's it's where I run. This, right. It's also this yeah, he talks with his finger. He's like, yeah. you know, cool Tony. fact, Danny, the kid, um, this is like the only movie he's ever acted in. Danny, Danny Lloyd is the actor's name. Danny, Danny Torrance, the character's name. Are they all named after the, the real characters? 
feel like it just is. Jack and Danny. Ja- just Jack and Danny. That's it. Yeah. The two okay. main characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. But they, uh, you know, they didn't tell him one. They didn't tell him he was in a horror movie because mm. he was five, and they right. didn't want to scar him, and and they wanted to get real reactions from him. But he came up with the Tony Finger thing. Oh. Because they had other ways than, and it was in their during the casting audition. That's how he kind of got the role. That's cool. Was they were doing a, they're like, all right, you're talking to this imaginary friend of yours, Tony, and he started using the finger, and they're like, oh, that's creepy. Let's put that in there. That's really neat. Yeah. Good job, so good Danny. Job, good job, to Danny. He yeah. did an awesome job. Yeah, Danny. Danny if you're out there listening to us, we're proud of you. He's I have there. a brother named Tony. You do. So if I was auditioning for the role, I'll just been like, bring my brother in, <laughs> <laughs> or act like I'm talking to my brother. Hey, hey, Tony. Whatever you need, you know, whatever you got to pull from. That's what actors do. That's what actors That's do. Right. They draw from their deepest desires and dreams, Ryan. Tony. So, <laughs> all right. So, anyway, so if we meet Tony, and this is when you get the first creepy scene in the movie, other than old Mr. Ullman, who's like got a weird, creepy smile as he's talking about a huge tie. Grady. Yeah, he does have a giant tie. Huge tie. It looks like it was like, like knitted. Is that an 80s thing? I don't know. I don't know. It was a gigantic tie. It was a giant I it was a cartoon tie. thing at it first. <laughs> there are a lot of cartoon references. Maybe, maybe it was supposed to be. So um, so you get the, you, again, you find out he's Tony. I won't lie. The first time you hear about Tony, I was like, oh, he's just a kid with an imaginary friend until he's in the bathroom brushing his teeth and he has his first little vision. Again, more creepy, psychic yeah. children in these movies. He has The Shining. He's got the, uh, yeah. The shine. That was neat, by the way. I didn't know what The Shining was about. I guess we'll mention that in a second, too. But yeah, so he starts he, he starts having a vision. He sees the the twins, you know, the, the twins that you that you always see were the little girls in the blue dress. Uh, fu- funny, by the way, I saw something, uh, because I've started hashtagging horror stuff in my Instagram horror. accounts. Uh, <laughs> it's so like it, it pulls up on the search feed sometimes, you know, based off what you've been looking at. And so it had a picture of the two ladies. They apparently recently they took, I don't know how recent it was actually, but they took a picture of them. They're adults now, uh, like holding hands in the blue dresses in the hallway. I was like, I was like, oh, that's pretty neat. So um, are they hot? No, they weren't. Okay. That's just my opinion, ladies. You probably have great personalities. (laughs) 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 We can edit that out, baby. And I can edit that out. (laughs) Okay. So No. Moving on. So he sees his first vision and you get the blood. You get like the the blood coming out of the hallway, which is creepy as crap. You got the twins. It just it was weird. Yeah. The first time I ever saw this movie, it's actually I wasn't young for this one. Mm. Um my friend Taylor is when we were living together, he's a huge Stanley Kubrick fan and they owned every movie and like knew every little detail about him. And I, one night I borrowed his shining DVD. I was like, oh, I've never seen this, but I was kind of like you now. I was like, Oh, I see. I know the, here's Johnny and yeah. something about two little twin girls. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll watch it. And I remember I like put it in and I turned my light off in my room and it was a small little apartment room. But the DVD menu was the blood coming out with the creepy music. Oh, really? And then it's like, as soon as the blood comes, it's like play pops up. I was like, I don't know if I want to push play on this. <laughs> Glad I did because it's become one of my favorites. But yeah, yeah, that that's one of those magic movie things. I don't know how they did that. I don't either. You know, it was I mean, disgusting. I, I, about I, the blood? Yeah, yeah. I can imagine okay. how they did it, but it's, oh, you quick, got that quick, information. Quick tidbit about the blood. Yes. So Stanley Kubrick was apparently very, very... OCD about how things looked and made the cast do numerous takes. Yeah, I've read that. Um, so the bloodshot actually only took three takes, which for him was a, a big deal. But because they'd have to clean that shit up, it took not <laughs> it took it took nine days just to set it up. Dang. for the one shot. 
You know this movie took five years to film. Yeah. Whoa. Really? Five years. Yeah. Five said every years. Time, every time the doors opened and blood poured out, Kubrick would say, it doesn't look like blood. In the end, that shot took approximately a year. Oh, to my get right. gosh. Wow. That shot. That's crazy. crazy. That's awesome. Another reason I love that movie. I mean, it's. I'm sure it was hard to work on. Oh, that'd be oh, miserable. There's a lot of notes. As we go, I'll pop them in there. But... Heard a lot of stuff about this movie. Yeah, the so behind the scenes of this. I'm sure. I'm, which I'm actually interested to talk about that. And uh, and then they will. Well, I guess well, as we go through. I mean, most of you, if you've watched the movie again, I I didn't know this obviously, but my friends have told me here. Uh, apparently, there's a lot of differences between the book and the movie. So I think you know, I, I'm like I'm interested to hear those kind of things. Yes, yeah, uh, so as far, we go through at, with your recap. So far, they're pretty much similar. Yeah. Um, the basically when Stanley Kubrick bought the rights to the book, that was his thing. Like he said, I'm buying the rights and I'm buying the right to do whatever I want to with it, basically. So then there's a lot of fans who, Stephen King fans who hate the movie. There's a lot of Stanley Kubrick fans who hate the book. Um, I'm, I'm one of, I guess one of the group that likes both of them. I see them as two different things. Um, I like, I think both of them hit the nail on the head with what they're going for. Um, but I recommend reading the book, Caleb. Now that you've seen the movie, I can read, so you can read. I think you'd like it a lot. All it's right, a good I'll Stephen g- King. Give book. it a shot. We'll see. But you were at the uh, Danny's first vision. Yeah. The so blood. yeah. So he has the first vision, and you can tell you can tell things are about to go down. Um, and so then you know he kind of wakes up, and you find out that you really get it gets kind of dark here for a second not scary dark but like real life dark because the this i guess an on-call doctor like shows up and you know danny's laying on the bed and you find these things out and then they go and talk in the in the living room and you find out that jack is a raging alcoholic and he came home one night and he yanked on his son and broke his collarbone correct yeah yeah his collarbone clarify yanked on his son well, no, no bad things okay. popped in my mind. Now they did. It's just, uh, uh, yeah, edit that out. <laughs> he aggressively pulled on his son <laughs> without on consent. His son arm. It just sounded bad. <laughs> Golly. He pulled on his son's arm without consent <laughs> and broke him. The worst no, people. Never mind. Take out what I said. That's not going to get taken no. out. It's going to be left that in. One in there. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, Danny was hurt. Danny Wendy his, was afraid. Pulled his son's now arm. Jack, now Jack is sober for five months. <laughs> And they move into a hotel room, right, Caleb? Yes. <laughs> What's the timeline thing there? Because it said uh, the wife said it was five months ago when uh, Jack is talking to Lloyd. He said it happened three years ago. Oh, you, did y'all catch that? Yeah, I didn't, yeah. You caught that? I did not. Never yeah. have caught that. I've seen this a lot. Yeah. Point. They point that out. Well, someone, uh, one of our, one of our good friends, Tim, mentioned this morning because we, we said we were watching this movie. He said there's a lot of continuity errors on purpose like apparently to mess with you to make it worse i believe it so i didn't notice that but that, that's pretty neat because yeah, it's completely different in the book too yeah the think, time the time timelines and everything yeah well and that makes sense i mean like i said i got really very real life right there because i mean that's real life stuff and you can kind of tell she and for really for the whole movie you can see she's trying to make up for her husband and she's terrified of him yeah uh, well he even uh, says it was a moment of but uh, muscular loss. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. He gets into he the science angry. of it. He got angry at his kid. Yeah. Because he got on his, his nerves and went a little too far. He was far. messing with all of his papers. His papers he was yeah. writing. Yeah. But yeah. Well, so I think we know Jack's an asshole. That's what we've kind of summed up here. Um, all right. So there's there's the first. So we kind of get to that. And there's the first big break. Um, 
And they, so they, they all, they finally, they're driving up and they tell a weird story about cannibals. I thought that was weirdly placed. The Donner party. The, yeah. I just, I don't know. I just thought that true was story. weird. Yeah. It's, it's a true story. Mm-hmm. That's like when they started talking, I was like, is someone getting eaten in this movie? I didn't know. So I feel they like it's like a foreshadowing kind of doom yeah, type I'm, of thing. I, 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 okay. So yeah, the only thing I took from that was that it was, you know, there was a, they kept talking about this winter storm that was coming and that's kind of what happened to the Donner. So I kind of saw that, but it was just. I don't know, just I don't know, just kind of weird. And Jack Nicholson, anytime he smiles, it just creeps me out. Um, so yeah, so it's kind of weird. But I was um, thinking when the chef was showing the uh, where all the meat was in the freezer, that was what it was. Yep. Oh, there were people. That was people in there. Is that right. what you're saying? People meat. Yes. Okay. It was that a lot of sense. meat. It was a lot of meat. All right. So prime prime rib. <laughs> prime rib. Okay. There was prime rib in there. He did say they had like 300 pounds of ground beef in At there. At least. <laughs> Yeah, and about ham, 12 brown turkeys. hamburger, whatever. No, 10, 30 pounds. You like lamb? Hamburger. No. <laughs> what do you like? French fries and ketchup. That's right. Who doesn't? That's about as American Perfect as Perfect five-year-old answer. It was, wasn't it? Right, lamb, no. French fries and ketchup. Boom. I think I'd probably choose French fries, too. That's just me, though. All right. So anyway, so it gets to the place. So I kind of backtrack to catch up there. Uh, they kind of go there. It's closing day. There's again, there's a scene where it says closing day. Um, and they get in there. And by the way, we tried to figure out... Uh, uh, Kevin Lambert made us pause the the scene when the the owner Olman comes up to talk to Jack because apparently there there's a rumor and we we think it's true maybe it's kind of hard to see but it we think maybe he was looking at a playgirl when he walks up because I don't know it's uh, that's it, what a rumor I read online and it had like the screen pause with a circle in the magazine yeah. but that's this movie has hundreds and hundreds you can get lost on YouTube I'm sure going a lot on. of Easter eggs yeah, yeah it's in there and we don't know if any of them are intentional we'll say it's inconclusive i feel like they kind of are because every stanley kubrick movie has yeah. those things to them i've never seen one of his movies till now but so i don't i, I get you though i got you so so they're walking him around um they're kind of giving him the tour and stuff and and you know things are going pretty normal for the most part and then two big things happen um you finally uh you see the you see the twins at the place for the first time uh danny's throwing darts uh in the game room while the parents are being walked around uh and you see the twins and he's just kind of like okay cool and then you meet the chef i love the chef old dick old dick and so so you finally find out again I, i don't like horror movies but i like the idea of horror movies if that makes sense um and so i never knew why it was called the shining until uh chef sits him down and you find out the shining is basically psychics that's kind of how i took it is like people who can kind of psychic you can kind of see things that other people can't see that they, they never say the word psychic but that's yeah is that yeah, a fair the assessment shine. The, the shine yeah I, I feel like that's fair but then he says probably the most important line in the movie which is he even says not only people but objects and like places yeah. can have the shine too and so so that's where you get the idea that this whole place is I, I kind of get the feeling and we'll talk about the ending at the end, obviously, but I feel like he was trying to say that I know kind of on the nose there, right? Uh, I feel like that he was trying to say this building is going to show you what it wants to from the dark past because it likes to, and you really get that feeling throughout the movie that the house that keep calling it a house, sorry, that the hotel, it likes to be a dark evil place and it, it likes to torment people. Um, so yeah, so they kind of go through that and Danny is told kind of the, the big, the end of moment for that. He's like, stay out of room 237. Cause Danny's just like, what about 237? And chef's like, don't you dare go in there. And Danny's like, okay, yeah, something happened in there. Yeah. Something happened in there. That all, that interaction between Dick and Danny mm-hmm. took 88 takes. What? And not because of the acting, because <laughs> that's what, that's normal for Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. 88 takes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Chef wasn't the best actor in the world. I think we all agree, all oh, agree Scott on that. Scatman, Scatman, oh, he's, he's done a lot of good stuff. I don't, he's just 
That's, he was, that was he the was time. 70 at that mm. time. Oh, you could tell. Yeah. He was he's looking his I age. I mean, he's, there's a documentary that um, Vivian, I think it's Vivian Kubrick, yeah. shot while the movie was being made. She was 17, and she would just walk around with a little, a little video camera. I guess, or not video tape well, back then, tape, I guess. Yeah. But Super anyways, eight. yeah, Super she eight. was doing a behind-the-scenes thing, and uh, she interviewed Scatman Carruthers about working on the movie. And when he talked about working with Danny, he like – it's actually really sad. I, I didn't know if he was for real at first. He like starts crying, saying it was the greatest, most powerful thing he's ever worked with, just working with a kid like that. Wow. So it was like, it's, I recommend checking out that little documentary. It's on YouTube. It's on the the Blu-ray bonus features. It's really cool. You get to see Jack Nicholson gearing up for the act scene, which we can talk about later too. Mm-hmm. But watching him get into character is crazy. That's cool. Whoa. That's pretty cool. Anyways, let's see. Let's, let's, uh, we're on a month a later. Month later. Yeah, we're on a month later. Uh, so yeah, jumps a whole month. And again, that, you know, they had the old men scene earlier where he's like, you know, a lot of people can't handle the isolation. And of course, Jack's like, ah, you know, this is what I'm here for. Um, so a month later goes by and <clears throat> I believe it opened up with, did it open up with, uh, Danny on the, the big wheel? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. That's the first time he's on the big wheel. Yeah. The first time you see it, like, and that was an iconic, like mo- not, I won't say moment, but like that's a scene too. That's, that, a, that's a shot. Yeah, yeah someone like, who, like someone who's never seen the movie. You, you're like that. I was, I knew that was in there, but and you said something about uh, the camera they the used? steady cam. Yeah, the guy I think his name is Garrett Brown. Um, he's the one who invented the steady cam. It was first used on Rocky One. Rocky oh, One. Yeah. yeah. Um, he did all the camera work for this movie, and yeah, they said they, you know, set it up really low to the ground. They had to reverse some things and. I want to say, I think it's this scene, but they had a wheelchair that like Stanley Kubrick had built just to where you could hold the camera on it. But my favorite part of that scene is when he's rolling on the hardwood floor and then he hits the carpet and the sound goes completely off. That was like an unintentional thing they did. And they, when they were listening back to it, they're like, that just adds it did. such a creepy tone because you're just waiting on something to happen. Yeah, no, it didn't. Like I said, the music, every time you're watching, if you've never watched the movie, please do. Uh, just because the music, like you're always sure something's going to happen. And a lot of times it didn't happen. Uh, it was kind of like a slow burner. I guess, you know, we talked, we've talked a lot about slow burners in the past couple movies, but it, but it wasn't at the same time just because it, the, in my opinion, the tension was too amped up that it, you can't call it yeah, a slow it burner, but, it, but I guess by definition it kind of was because it wasn't until the end when like all the big action hit, but it's, like just the entire time he's riding around that hall, you're just waiting for something to happen. And it's just, I mean, you're, you're on pins and needles there. Um, okay. So, so then you kind of get to, you start seeing Jack begin to degrade slowly. Um, he's got writer's block and the this is ball. He what? The tennis ball. Oh, the t- yeah. He's throwing, yeah. He's, he's chunking bounce, that tennis ball, tennis ball around quite athletic. I might add. Yeah. He was catching. It was impressive. Um, that sound was scary. Like before he realized yeah. what he was doing, he's that like banging. He's like, what? Like, hey, you didn't know what it was. Scary. He just runs around that place throwing that tennis ball all over. It's not. I feel like for someone who's supposed to be taking care of the house, you should be throwing things. Oh, younger Jack. Younger Jack. Sorry. He was crazy then, <laughs> right? Uh, he's always seemed old. When I saw him in Batman, he's looked the same ever since. He does look the same always. But he looks a little younger in The Shining. I guess. He made a good Schmidt. You might did. get that joke. No, I didn't. I got it now. Sorry. Right over the head. Caught it though. Yeah, so. Silly joke. Well, let's go. Let's keep it. Let's keep it on the so, show. Yeah, so then you get to, you get to, you see the maze by the way. Um, and they even tell you earlier in the movie, like, you know, give yourself an hour if you're going to run through the maze, you know, before you get lost. And so they keep running through the maze. Um, and again, you just kind of start to see Jack falling apart slowly. Uh, and then the movie built up and you got Tuesday and I'm pretty sure I screamed. Um, again, it was Tuesday or Thursday. It probably was both actually. When we look back at it um so you get to tuesday and again it's more another big wheel scene you're following them around uh and again like i said i, I do know at some point 
because I've seen the trailer and, or commercials. I know at some point he's riding around and he runs into the twins. And so that's what I keep waiting for. Like my heart is just pounding. I'm like, when are these dang girls about to jump up? It wasn't here. Uh, but he rides by room 287. No, 37. Sorry. 37. 237, not 287. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. So, okay. Ryan mentioned this in the movie. What was the other? What was the, the room you mentioned? It was another Stephen King movie. Oh, four, four, oh 1408. Yeah. Four, okay. So I, only because I know there was a movie with like another hotel room in my head. I was like, is that John the, Cusack? Yeah. Is that, yeah. With John Cusack and was Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Maybe? Yeah. And so in my head, I was like, are these the same rooms? It wasn't. Um, in the book, it's 217. Yeah. Oh. But the, Why'd they change the, it? Uh, all the exterior shots were of a hotel in Oregon called the Timberline Lodge. And they requested that they don't use the room to, cause they actually had a room 217. Oh, and they were like, we don't want, you know, people. Don't want people. So, which, gotcha. so he changed it for the movie, but I was reading that at that hotel to this day, most people get room 217. Really? There's also a really fun fact. We, we mentioned before we were recording, we were talking about the thing was like 1997, something like that, 2007 or whatever. The mini series on TV based off of the book more than the Kubrick's version. And, uh, that one was filmed entirely at the oh shoot stanley hotel. stanley hotel i was gonna say the steely stanley like steely dan was steely in the steely dan the, the uh stanley hotel in colorado where stephen king was staying when he had the inspiration for the book that's cool oh so and that's the hotel that's in dumb and dumber yes that ah, big one. Stanley. Oh, yeah that's what my it wife. all goes full uh, circle okay. <laughs> dumb and dumber came mm. up but yeah he that's they filmed mm. that whole thing in there and that hotel i was reading earlier today just a fun little fact that hotel Every room you stay in, there's a TV channel that is just playing The Shining. That's terrifying. Now, I don't know which version they're playing. <laughs> but, Why? But it's really, that's really cool. Are they playing the sci-fi version uh, or the... I don't know. That's USA. What, I don't know about that one. <laughs> oh, USA. But Sorry. They, the guys I was listening to were talking about how they've stayed there and there's always ghost hunters there and there's like amateur poultry guys hunters yeah, the, with video cameras. Don't get any the ideas, Stan- guys. The Stanley Hotel in Colorado is supposedly really haunted. Yeah. No so, ideas. Um, but... Expounding upon that, Kev, when Stephen King and his wife went to that hotel, it was the end of season. Ah. So they were the only guests there. So a lot of the things that you see with Jack and Winnie in the movie of how there's nobody in the dining room and there's nobody in the bar and all the chairs are stacked on the tables. And that was all happening when they were at the Stanley in Colorado. Um all the chairs were stacked atop every table except for theirs. Only one entree was being served in the dining room. Uh, the hotel bartender was named Grady. Oh, uh, there it is. They had, a, they had a clawfoot bathtub in their room that his wife said was oh. so deep someone could drown in it. Son, we'll get to that. So, thing. I mean, you know, a lot of different things that inspired the book. Well, while you're on the subject of the book, we'll let Caleb pick up after this pretty much on when uh, things start going a little crazy because we're just yeah. stretching our time here but when he was talking about the maze he brought up the maze there's a one of my favorite parts of the book has something to do with the maze can you bring that up so they don't have this in the movie at all they left it out of the script I guess because without CGI and all that stuff it would have just looked yeah, kind of cheesy they don't have a maze in the book there's no maze in the book no there are nope they're topiaries yes expand so upon that they're these big they call them hedge animals okay but there's it's like what Edward Scissorhands. It's like oh, it's yeah. like the huge hedges, but they're in animal shapes. Gotcha. Well, in the book, they come alive. What? Yeah. Not just come alive. They like it's it's the part where he's starting to realize the hotel is messing with him, right? And he's walking through this little 
sidewalk or whatever where, where all the animals are lined up against. And every time he gets a feeling something's watching him, he turns and he's like, kind of looks like those things move, but no, nah, I'm just, I'm, I must be going crazy. And every time he gets closer to the front door, he turns around, those things are closer and closer. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's one of the most, it's where I would have put the book in the fridge. Yeah. Like yeah. Joey Tribbiani. Mm. Thank you, friends. Like, one of the creepiest books. That was where I like, threw it book. down. Man. But another reason, uh, you know, difference between the book and the movie yeah. that still holds up for on both of them. That's well, why Kubrick did the maze, though, because... Yeah, that would have looked stupid. The hedge animals in, I mean, 1980 were pretty much yeah, unworkable. It would have been yeah, It would have been... It'd have been terrible. I thought the maze served its purpose. Yeah, well. Oh, definitely. Well, I'm really curious to see how the ending actually is in the book, but we'll get there. All right. So jumping back in, if you don't mind. Um, so yeah, so basically like the next couple of days, I'm going to kind of skip a little bit here um, just because you kind of start getting the same thing over and over again. You're getting Jack's just getting worse and worse. Like the one scene that sticks out in my head is, I don't remember if it was on Tuesday or Thursday. Um, could have been Saturday, actually. Now I think about it, but it's one of these days where the the Wendy, uh, Wendy and Don, Danny are outside playing in the snow for the first time. You see it, and they kind of zoom in, and you see Jack's face, and he just he looks deranged. You can tell he's he's a big creepy shot. Yeah, yeah, it's and it lasts a long time. Like it wasn't a quick. Hey, there he is, and we're gone. Is no, it's like maybe thirty full seconds of just creepy Jack Nicholson, <laughs> and like that was oh, it was terrible. Um, and so yeah, and so that kind of you again, he kind of gets worse worse and worse and worse. Um, and then I'm going to skip to Saturday because, and, and if I skip something important, let me know. Um, but like I said, you just kind of see how angry he's me- very mean with his wife at this point too. Like that it's, it's at this point you realize he's a danger to them. Like as a, as a viewer, you already know something the bad's going to happen, but you're like, mm, he's, he's definitely going to start shouting and make yeah. her feel terrible. Yeah. And yeah. Typing. Yeah. It's oh, downhill yeah. from there. It was bad. So, so I want to jump to Saturday because this is, this is when you get the big, I, I keep calling it an iconic scene, but it kind of is to me because it's, it's, it's another one of those shots of uh, Danny on the little, the big wheel and he's rolling around and then all of a sudden he comes around. I was waiting for it and it still got me and he just comes around this corner and there they are the two twins just holding their hands. Uh, now, okay. Did they say red rum at this point? I don't think no, they did no, at all. They, okay, they never do, right? Yeah, that's okay. just Tony. Okay. That's I couldn't remember Tony. if I, they okay. Say, Play with us, Danny. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I knew they said that um, and then all of a sudden you start seeing flashes of them and then they're on the ground and they've been brutally murdered and and there's yeah. blood everywhere and he's Danny's losing it now too. Danny's retreating inside of himself really quickly. Um, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. And so, so then, then again, it, then it jumps to Monday and maybe, I don't know, maybe one of the creepiest scenes to me on Monday was when Danny and Jack have their, like a father son oh, yeah, moment. Creepy little father oh, son thing. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. He wants, yeah. Danny wants to go find his fire truck. Really messed up. Yeah. He wants to find his fire truck and he's like, come sit with me. And he like puts him in his lap and he's like kissing him and he's rubbing his hair. Well, he stands in the doorway and he looks oh. up and he's oh. Jack and Oaks just, sitting, just sitting, up sitting in there. the bed. It's like, it was, it's like, uh, yeah, uncomfortable. It was both creepy. I mean, yeah. Dan, Danny has <laughs> this vacant gaze into space. Right. Down pat. Oh yeah. Well, he's, he's got just that staring off into nothing. And Jack Nicholson has a good way of just having that creepy look, but it's like always he's trying to be consoling to his son, but his look on his face is just fake looking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you kind of, you can tell you, like I said, when you're watching it, you feel like he, he, maybe he does love his son, but then all of a sudden he, Danny's like, daddy, you'd never hurt us. And he's like, did your mom say I was going to hurt you? And all of a sudden you're like, Oh, here it comes. I was waiting for him to like throw his kid or something. Um, and so, yeah, so Jack's again, he's just, he's lost it. He's pretty much almost gone at this point. Um, and then you get to Wednesday, which, okay, now 
the, the last two times it breaks it up, there's an 8 a.m. and a 4 p.m. Is this on Wednesday? Is it like, or is that the next day? It never gives know. a day. It never, yeah, it doesn't really say. I would say because of the way the scene sets up, it seems like it's different days. That's what I thought. Okay, I just want to make sure. Yeah, yeah, that's what it seems like. It does seem like Wednesday happens and then it's 8 a.m. the next day. Um, so so this is when you ugh, this is when you get uh, classic 80s nudity. Um, and so Jack's kind of having this this t- night terror where he, he 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 comes and he sees the you know Wendy runs in and she's like what's wrong what's wrong and he's like I had a horrible dream and she's like what and he's like I killed you and and, and Danny <gasps> yeah. <gasps> That was amazing. Yeah, that those bad dreams. Yeah, where you just yell like a chicken. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I do exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done that, but uh, Katie wakes me up all the time. Like, say, like, What's that? the matter? I'm like, I'm. Just, I don't know. No dreams. <laughs> do you dream about killing Katie? Never. Oh, good. Please don't. That's weird. Never ever. You heard it, Katie. <laughs> never ever 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 if you ever listen to this all right. his screams first scared me the first, it did. The first time i watched that i was like there's a there's a ghost in yeah there. yeah it's now okay. having a weird dream now before i get to the next scene sorry i did skip over one important thing on uh on i think i guess it was monday maybe it was before wednesday anyways uh danny goes into room 237 because the door's open and so danny comes walking out and all you can see is from behind and you can tell something's wrong um he's kind of like hiding one of his hands and so the mom runs to check on him and his collar's been ripped off his apollo 11 hand sweat hand knit sweater has been ripped and another stuff li- another little easter egg there oh yeah what was that about i heard thunder say something but i didn't hear it there's a conspiracy thing behind what well, we'll save it for the end there's a whole documentary called room 237 that i mean for fans of the movie it's cool okay but it's also got a lot of weird Okay. I don't. I don't agree with all the stuff it talks about. It's a conspiracy theory. I got gotcha. you. Kind of thing. Right, we'll, we'll come back to that. We'll leave that his behind. Sweater is ripped. Yeah. He's, so got, he's got hands on his. He's throat. got. Yeah. He's got like choke marks. Like someone tried to strangle him, and of course she thinks it was. Uh, you know, the the mom thinks it was Jack. She blames him. Um, and so later on. That he kind of goes back up to the Jack goes back up to the bedroom and she comes in with a baseball. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, he's no, I'm sorry. I lied. This is the first time he talks to Lloyd. Is it the first yeah, time he, he talks to, to Lloyd? Yeah, he goes, he Lloyd, yeah, he goes again, he's Lloyd. crazy people. He's he's going to talk to Lloyd. He's like living in the past and he's fake drinking um, and he's talking about how great it is. And Lloyd and knows him. Lloyd knows him very well. Mm-hmm. And Lloyd's like, your money's no good here. Well, he says that later. But yeah, they're like, yeah. he's like, no worries. We trust you. Uh, you can tell it's the house messing with him. And uh, I keep calling it a house. It's Hotel. not. A, yeah, I know. Thank you. It's definitely a hotel we know what you mean now i know and so so she comes in all she runs the weirdest way i don't know if you guys yeah thunder's doing a great interpretation of it you can't see it, people but she like flails when she runs her hands she's like ah! and she, even later when she's holding a knife it's not very safe people um and, and so she comes in she's like she's like jack jack there's a woman danny said there's a woman in room 237 and jack's like no there's not and he, she's like oh but there is and he's like okay i'll go check it out and so he goes in the room he didn't have the bat did he no, he did not have the bat. Um, he goes in the room and, like I said, cue classic '80s horror movie titty time. Um, mm-hmm. And sure enough, there's titty a ambush. It was oh boy, it was it was a lot, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was a lot, and so so she just stands up, you know. And I was like, okay, all right, this is happening. And Jack doesn't even hesitate. By the way, you know, he's not at once does he think, hey, there's not supposed to be anyone in here, but there's a naked lady in this room. 
abandoned the hotel. Power of pretty evil much. takes over. Apparently, it did. Temptation. He, someone needed to be shouting. The power of Christ compels you in there. <laughs> they should have, <laughs> but they didn't. And so he starts making out with this this naked lady, random naked lady. Uh, oh God! <laughs> then, and then all of a sudden, you see in the mirror reflection, you see her her butt cheeks, and now she's a sudden like a much larger lady, and her half her butt has been eaten off by like frostbite. <laughs> you like, said scabies. The I did. So I was like, she got scabies on her butt. <laughs> that was the scariest part of the movie when I first saw oh, it. Oh God, right. it was yeah. horrible. When she's chasing him, not chasing what? him really, but just following him. Yeah, no, him. yeah. Okay, I was about to say that. Like that part wasn't scary. It was when she started like creeping towards him, and she's like, it would go back and forth between her and the tub, and then she was out of the tub mm-hmm. well, it goes back to what oh. danny saw and what jack exactly like danny saw her like rise slowly and, out of the tub oh. and i guess choke him yeah I, i'm guessing that's what happened she's just chasing jack out of the room laughing and that i want to say i read a behind the scenes that is a man in a woman's prosthetic that's a man suit. and then billy something um i could be absolutely wrong <laughs> laughing at something thank you thunder making us laugh off off mic Anyways, Caleb, take over. <laughs> Compose yourself. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thunder got us. We'll leave that out of the podcast, though. <laughs> but we're all laughing. All right, Ryan, you boy. So, so anyways, so after this happens, Jack, Jack again, he's still creepy. Um, Danny start this. I think this is the first time you. I don't know if it's actually maybe it's the second time you see Danny sees the word red rum again. Um, and also, let me throw in there too. Don't I go forgot for to add in your notes here. Kevin. Dick has felt. Oh, yeah, he's feeling things. <laughs> he's Dick is feeling things. Remember when he's laying in his bed with his weird feet? Yeah. Oh, he's watching the news. Yeah. His feet are gigantic. Weird naked lady pictures in his room. Can we talk about that? Like, all of a sudden, you just pan up, and there's just this naked lady, just like his a picture. Black Panther photo. Yeah. Somewhere. There's oh, one above yeah. his bed and the one above the TV. He's a foxy brown old school kind of guy. Yes. They look like models. Yeah, he they didn't did. Need, he just needed those ladies. He didn't need anybody else. He didn't. And he had so- the shine. He had the sh- boy, did he? And so, yeah, his shining kicked in real strong there because yeah, shining kicked in. All- he could tell Danny was in trouble. Danny's like seizing, by the yeah. way. Yeah, Danny's like seizing at this moment. Danny's about to be gone, by the way. And so he's seizing, and and uh, and Dick is like, I gotta gotta call this in and try and figure things out. So this is when you know the chef begins to get on the trail of things. <laughs> and so so yeah, so eventually Jack and Wendy start arguing about leaving. Wendy's like, we need to leave, and Jack's like, no, we're not leaving. You know, he's like, you've ruined too much in my life. You know, can't. Can- can't you let yeah, me have man. this? He's a horrible Some person. Things he says like it's he's a, that's it's like it makes my skin crawl. He's bad. I'm uncomfortable. He's a bad man. He's a bad, bad man. Um, so then, okay, so then this this is when it gets really, really weird, and we're about to get towards the ending because uh, I'm kind of kind of. Because really, the last couple scenes is a big chase scene, so I'll kind of get through that quickly, even though it was horrifying. Um, but Jack goes back in time. I feel like I feel like he traveled. He goes back to the bar, the gold room. It's like a haunted back in time. Yeah, exactly. Like Weird. that. The house took him back in time. Yeah. I keep calling it a house. Damn it! Why? You in that house? Not a house. <laughs> <The> house. Thought <laughs> <laughs> you for remote. It's a big house if it were a house. So, anyways, he's at a hotel, and the hotel. You know, he's talking to Lloyd, and Lloyd's like, "You're Lloyd." I thought this was funny, by the way. Jack, the alcoholic, is getting free alcohol. He's getting free bourbon, and uh, Lloyd's like, "Your money's no good here. You know, you're taking care." and he's like i want to know who's buying my drinks and then he's like ah whatever and then, yeah, just, and then he all. just yeah he just starts walking around this old 15 i mean sorry not 50s uh 1920s style party you can tell by the flappers attire um and the, the little headbands with the single feather floating up on the women's uh and so he gets his drink spilled on a drink spilled on him by good old 
What was his first name? Delbert Delbert Grady. Grady. Yeah. And they go to the bathroom and then it got really awkward because this is when he makes and one of you can say the lines. I know I'm going to say it wrong, but he's Jack. Jack clearly knows who he is. He's like, no, you used to be the housekeeper. And then what exactly did he say? Y'all told me earlier because I was confused. He said he said, no, you've been here the whole time. Is that what he said? Yeah, he he tells him that you've been the caretaker before. That's what and it was. Jack yeah, says you're the caretaker. He's like, no, you're the caretaker. You've yeah, been the caretaker the whole time. The whole time, yeah. yeah. And that was that was weird because yeah. I didn't quite understand that. I thought, well, okay, at the time I was just like, oh, these just the house. Damn it, the hotel is just messing. I'm just gonna call the house for now. The house, just call it the house. Just said it's just messing with them, and they're trying to push him because basically Grady's like, yeah, my wife and kids are bad, and I took care of them. <laughs> He's like, I had to, you know, correct them. I think he said correct them yeah. is what he actually said. And and Jack's like, yeah. It's a good idea. And so Grady's like, you might need to. And he's like, oh, I could do that. Uh, and he's pretty much saying, yeah, I'm going to kill him. And you're like, oh, okay. So this is what's about to happen. Um, and then you get to 8 a.m. So this is like the, the big end towards the movie. Um, again, Dick is now slowly making his way to Overlook. Dick, again, is the chef. Uh, he's flown he's in from... A and yeah, he's, he's going. in a snowcat. <laughs> he's in a snowcat. He's making his way there. All the roads are you know, frozen over and stuff. Uh, and at this point, you get, he knew where he was going too. when it showed him driving. It's just, he's just driving around some trees. He was, he's done it before. This is just his first rodeo. He does have the shine. Excuse he's me. He's got the shine. He probably could just shine box, drive right? with his eyes closed. The yeah. shiner box. Can I say that? He had a couple shiner box shiner box in, in the crew. <laughs> he was in there. Um, so then, okay. Then you get to a line. I didn't know this line was in there, by the way, like from that, um, what do I, oh, sorry. No, I'll get to that in a second. Um, oh, the all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Like, so the, again, Wendy comes in and you, there's this giant manuscript, like a ream of paper, which is about 500 pieces of paper. If you don't know that, uh, it's not about it is. Uh, and it's all, it's just the same lines over and over again. It just says all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. And it's at this point, this is when you a hundred percent know, Oh shit! He's about to try and kill her. Yeah, it's about you to go down. Him, they showed him tear up the radio. Yes, destroy the radio. Oh yeah, there, yeah. There's no way out at this point. Yeah, he's lost he, his he mind. also destroyed the snowcat they had, yeah, and he even he tells her that in a little while. So he's he's pretty much hedging his bets. He's going to kill him. Yeah, you know, the rumor is that Stanley Kubrick wrote out, typed out on a typewriter each one of those pages. He made of, a secretary do it. Secretary, oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. made a secretary do it. What a sexist! Like five hundred pages. Yeah, type out each one of those pages. It was creepy. Um, so yeah, so Jack comes in uh, again. The music is once again. This this is when I knew because like I said, the music was excruciating at this point. Um, and so she starts. She, he's kind of pretty much telling her. He's like, "I'm going to bash her head in." <laughs> he's pretty just telling her, "I'm going to kill you." Uh, he doesn't say Danny, I'm not but it's clear. Hurt you. He's yeah, gonna bash her head in. Yeah, that was disturbing. So she hits him in the head with a bat, and he falls down the stairs. And then she drags him into uh, the not the cellar. It's like the pantry. The pantry, pretty much. Yeah, and locks him in. And, and this is when you find out that he's kind of sabotaged the house. That she's stuck there. And so she grabs a knife and she takes off. Um, and and then oh I, I'm sorry I did skip over one important thing before sorry because this won't make sense if I don't because uh, she's in bed the next kind of big scene there's two things that happen she's laying in bed and Danny comes walking in the room now at this point Danny is gone and and the mom knows this that's kind of what pushed the mom to the edge before she went and saw the little dull boy scene uh, Danny because because little little Tony so he's like Danny's not here anymore Danny's gone he's against, oh, yes yeah. <laughs> like, he's really. not here anymore. <laughs> 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 you're right yeah and so danny's danny's gone um and tony has taken over uh the little boy in his throat's taken over 
It's a weird saying. Um, but yeah, so so Tony comes in and he's doing the whole red room, red room thing. And he picks the knife up and he writes with the lipstick on the door. And then you get the, that other iconic scene where she wakes up because he's like screaming. He's like, red room, red room. And she was, well, I know, right? And yeah. so so she wakes up and you see in the mirror and you realize red rum is murder spelled backwards. Dun, dun, dun. Right? Whoa, and so that's what it was. <laughs> I know, right? You're so smart. Well, the, some of the letters were backwards. They were. It was impressive writing skills. That's some dysgraphia. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. We should call it what it is. He had dysgraphia. Oh, it worked. It, but that it, it doesn't let, work. It let her know. Murder's coming. It's true. It did let her know that. Um, yeah, so so again, all this happens. Uh, and at the same time of this happening, all right, before that, that the hotel... I had to slow down before I said that. The hotel, pretty much, you know, Mr. Grady's like, all right, Jack you're a pussy. You couldn't do it. And he's like, no, 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 I'll kill her. And he, he lets him out and he gets an ax. And then you get to the, the other big scene that you always see in the trailer when he busts down the door after the, yeah. uh, and you know, he's like, here's Gianni. And then she like, she kind of like nicks him with, I thought that was quite a bit of an exact. She like nicked him with the knife and he's like, ah, know, she gets a good slice on him. Yeah. She yeah, like drags it across his hand. I didn't think it was it that looked bad. Like looking. it hurt to me. Yeah. <laughs> it hurt me. Yeah. It hurt you. Quick, mm-hmm. quick one. I have the shine. Get a quick fun fact about that. <laughs> uh, that line was improvised by really? Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Look at Jackie boy. And it almost, almost didn't make the cut. Yeah, oh, he's really? from where is he? He's from England. Right? Yeah, he's or from England. Yeah, he lived he, in England. Lived he in England. didn't understand the reference, so he almost didn't put it in there. And then once uh, he found out what it was, he was like, oh, "Audiences will love that." But yeah, there cool. was also another thing. the the wood The door they used at first was like a fake door, but Jack Nicholson is a trained volunteer firefighter. Maybe for a movie he did before or something, but he Back broke draft. it down way too easily. He broke it down like two hits, and they're like, "Well, I guess we got to use a real door." That's cool. But that documentary I talked about that, that Kubrick's daughter made shows him like walking up and preparing, and there's a bunch of people moving around. But he stands outside that door, and Shelley Duvall goes in there and closes the door, and he's sitting there, and he's just like, "I'm gonna kill you! I'm gonna kill you! I'm gonna kill you!" And he starts like swinging yeah. the axe around in the air, and then you just hear action, and he starts oh wow hitting the door. Uh, and then on the other side of that door, Shelley Duvall, apparently she and Stanley Kubrick did not get along at <laughs> all. He made it, which is the whole reason that he makes all those takes happen. Cause he says, you know, you make them do one, they do all right. You make them by the time they get to three or five, that actor has nailed it. You make them do 10 more by the time they get to 20, they're, they're so angry then they're really pushing themselves, you know, and that's what a lot of Jack Nicholson stuff in that movie. You can tell it's like yeah. the 30th time. Oh, you say that line and he's really there now, but he basically, he didn't have any personal feelings against Shelly Duvall. He just wanted that to push that, that, that out of her. Yeah. And I, I don't think I've seen any documentaries on it, but didn't Shelly Duvall, didn't this movie like, she got really sick. Yeah. yeah. She got really sick during the filming of it just because of the stress. Yeah. Because he was, he would make her do, you know, probably hundreds it of takes in a row. Yeah. To where yeah, she's I mean, like that. The she, last 20 minutes, she's just pale the whole time. And she was. She, she looks rough. Uh, she would spray water on her face to make it look like she cried because she yeah. didn't, just didn't have anything left to give. That's crazy. So, man, that's awesome. It pays off, though. I mean, what a movie. It does. But let's talk about the last few minutes there. Yeah, Kayla. so, okay. So, like I said, I'm going to kind of fly through some of this only because it is a, it's a huge chase scene. So, uh, Chef, or Dick, whatever you want to call him, shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, he's, again, he's got The Shining. So, him and um, 
or the shine, I guess the shine. The shine. Anyways, yeah, whatever. Yeah. He's got that, and so he's kind of like walking around. He's like, anyone here? Hello? You know, just checking on things. And Jack is lying in wait, and he kind of comes around a corner, and Jack he's hiding behind like a little column, and he right in the heart ish area, yeah. kind of with the axe, just nails them. And it, it really, what was creepy about that was not that scene it was when they shot to uh to danny because danny and him were connected yeah. and you see danny like screaming bloody murder but you don't hear him screaming it's just like yeah. a screeching sound from the from the score and that was that was way scarier to me than him actually getting stabbed oh it was which for a horror movie that's the only murder in the whole movie yep right there you're right he's the only person well okay i guess second person the only person dies. yeah on camera kind, kind of, of. yeah you're right so but yeah that was like again it was a shot and you just more further showing that you know, the psychic connection between them. Um, and so then it becomes a, a basically a, a chase scene between little Danny and Jack and poor olive oil is just running through the house and she's seeing some weird things. The and bear I, mask. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> I wrote down in my notes, all of a sudden she's running up the stairs in the weirdest way ever with this knife. And she just like, she's got this look of like, what the hell? And you just like, from the distance, you just see a butt and what looks like a giant snuggie on some guy. <laughs> and then he picks himself up and there's a, a bear butt in a bear costume. And he's, and then there's another guy on the bed and he just kind of leaves up and I was like, what? the hell just happened yeah i still know i mean i know it's just the hotel shit went down that hotel that That was a crazy party bear butt bears that's just a a guy in a bear mask went down on another guy i feel like you gotta pay extra for that i don't know but that that was one of the scenes it made no sense to me makes no sense but that's what makes it so scary yeah i know it was what is that yeah and and then you see great and then she sees grady later who's bleeding from the top of his head Mm -hmm. that was weird and he's just laughing Um, he's having a good time he was it's the it's the hotel party (laughs) yeah hell of a party yeah exactly this is cut open this has been a hell of a party (laughs) again and that's okay so that's when because we're about to get to the ending and what i thought happened when i'm I'm pretty sure i'm 100 wrong but that's okay but like really at this point you think you just kind of catch on you're like the hotel is just watching and enjoying like that's what i feel like the the hotel is just sitting back like with its popcorn it's like this is the best fun we've had in decades um and so jack again chases the little boy out into the maze at least what was in the movie and i thought this was genius because i even thought of it when the kid was running through the snow my first thought i was like you're leaving a lot of footprints to be followed and sure enough jack does and then the kid outsmarts him brilliant by the way i would have not have thought of this if i were a little kid not in the world but he like starts stepping backwards to hide his footprints and then hides himself and jack loses him and then again if if you've never seen the movie, I'm sorry about a spoiler ending. Uh, the, the kid follows his footsteps out, gets to the mom. They get in the, the snow cat that uh, Dick, you know, was up there in and they just take off. By the way, they just take off into the snow. She's just like, we're going. They don't know Dude, where they're going. I've done the same thing. I mean, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, that would be my response to this too. mountain. Hopefully I'm not driving off of it. Exactly. So that was <laughs> kind of terrifying. But yeah, and then Jack's just stumbling around and then you can hear. OK, was it words that were being sh- It sounded like someone was shouting at him when no, he was in the maze. It's 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 the music they did that a lot music music. they would put like kids laughing or like Uh, okay but they would distort it and you could get to where like it didn't sound like voices but that was basically like i heard so i i've heard it's a lot of different things what i hear is like laughing like somebody sounded like that like he's like falling down it sounded like slow ha 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 laughing that's okay that's yeah uh, it was 
That was one of those weird mysteries about it. It's like, what is that? The hotel? Is that yeah. him? The is house? That... Whatever it is. So, so the, the, yeah, house. So, the house. So, yeah. so the, the movie ends with, with I guess I'll call it another iconic scene. Although I know it's coming of him, like he's frozen in the outside. He he's just done. he died. He froze, yep. yeah. and then it goes inside. And this is where I was. This at this point, I remember I was like the movie, and this was like, what the hell just happened? Because it zooms in on the, and I was I knew it too. Like it zooming in on the picture, and I even said out loud, I was like, he's in the picture. And sure enough, you see a picture of Jack with all these old flappers and it's like the uh was it the winter ball sorry i was way off my birthday 1921 1922 21 i thought it was two 22 okay whatever i got two people ah i was right for once 1921 i'm pretty sure i'm right 69 (laughs) right it would be you so anyways 1920s early 1920s uh he's got a picture of him at the front and then it just ends and i remember i was like what just happened I was like, I don't understand. And I felt really stupid because I, I and I still don't. I'll be honest with you. As I'm sitting here staring at the, the three guys around me, I don't understand. I was like time travel. Nope, not time travel. I was like, he was there the whole time, but then that means he's a ghost, but that makes no sense. I don't. I'm still confused. I, Enlighten me, gentlemen. Well, Grady said he was the whole time there the whole time. Yeah, but he can't be there. Was it was did that take place in the 1920s and it's just been repeating? So what there's a lot Kevin's. of different there's a lot of different things. Okay. What I've read that Stanley Kubrick said was that the whole story is based off of like reincarnation and like ah, that's like what a, I was thinking. I didn't that make sense. Say, I didn't basically a force that's that evil and dark can reincarnate itself. And that's why he remember he says like felt so familiar. He's like I felt like I've been here before. I felt like I knew something around every right. corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, the other thing that I thought was interesting they talked about that dealt with that is that most of the gifts like the shine, yeah, you know, would come from an ancestor like Dick was with his grandmother. And so there's something that's saying that Jack had the shine, just doesn't remember about it. But that's how he can see the lady in the bathtubs. How he can see right the bars and everything like that. But he just, he's not in tune with it. Like Danny is, uh, he okay. doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't understand, but it. that's how it's carried on uh, to the sun. That's so maybe, how it's passed. That's, so maybe where, Tony, that's where it came from, from Danny. So maybe Tony was like a past life of Danny. Could have been. It was yeah. just an old voice. That's right. Creepy. So that's what they're saying. There's a theme of the reincarnation. And then there's, I mean, this, this movie has, I'm sure the themes galore. I can, about I can imagine what you could pick with it, but it's like how, and it's, we can talk about this with the book too. The yeah, difference between the books, like the book, basically Kevin's right. It's like the the hotel is haunted, and that's what drives the family crazy to or me, drives Jack crazy. To me, the biggest difference between the movie and the book, and I think it's the basis of a lot of controversy between those who prefer the movie versus the book, or vice versa. Stanley Kubrick's movie just makes it seem that. Jack is the bad guy. Yeah. Jack is the bad guy. He's crazy from the beginning. You can see it from the beginning. And he just spirals downward once he gets in downward the spiral. <laughs> yeah, downward spiral. spiral downward spiral meningitis. It's a new take, people. That's the psychological version. In the book, I really like Jack in the book. I do too. Because he's trying. He's had, he got fired from his job at the college. He's trying to start this new life for him and his family. He calls in a favor to this guy, which is how he gets the job at the Overlook. That's right. neat. And, but once he gets there, it's like the hotel just drives him mad. 
Yeah. And they've so it's in in the movie it's the hotel obviously has a part but they make it seem like Jack was already evil when he got there. Yeah, they do. Like, in was the already book, there. The overlook is the villain. Yes. The hotel is the villain in the book. It just drives Jack crazy. Right. Yeah. Yes. Just like it drove Delbert Grady crazy. Mm-hmm. And caretakers the before. Book, That's why I like both sides of it. I, and the movie still, even knowing that he changed a lot of it, it still kind of has that vibe to me of like does. the hotel kind of. But his his version is more of when you have like something inside of you, it's something that's isolation and will bring out other things will bring it yeah. out in you. And that's what they're saying. He's been evil all the time. Like Kevin said, but I, and that's the movie's interpretation. The books I do. If you ask me which one's better, I really couldn't tell you. I enjoy both of them a lot. I, 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 you have to look at them as two separate entities, right? Cause it is loosely based. Kubrick's movie is loosely based on the book. Yeah. Um, but still I think is, one of his best pictures. I mean, oh yeah, The Shining has endured for almost forty years now. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think like that. Well, would you rewatch The Shining, Caleb? If you just saw it randomly on TV it? or something, I could. Pro- yeah, I could rewatch that one only because it wasn't. Like I said, it it, it was scary, but it was. It's maybe scary is not the right word. It's just I think unnerving is the best word it to was use haunting. there. Yeah, it was. It was. It was never to the point where I. I, I, I sat down the whole movie. That was nice. Um, and so I, st- I clutched yeah. my pillow pretty strong. Um, but, but yeah, it was just, it was one of those things where like, as I look back, I'm kind of like, I'm like, I, I now, especially now that I've heard the book ending, I'm kind of like, well, you know, as I try to run back in my head, I'm like, was he, I mean, clearly he was an asshole. No denying that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, he talked to her, but you can, I mean, they skip a whole month in the movie. So, you know, we don't know how much the, the hotel was eating away at him there. So maybe, yeah. maybe that, maybe you're right. Maybe I, I can see the perspective where, you know, he's got something evil in him, kind of. I don't want to call it evil. So that's what the dark in him and the, the, the hotel's just drawing it out because it wants to see the same thing played out again. That whole, right. that reincarnation, maybe, maybe not reincarnation, but just that the, the hotel enjoys watching that cycle the broken down man just becoming more broken down to the point of insanity to where they're literally like play-doh to where the hotel can push them however it wants uh and it just for some reason likes to watch a murder its family that's terrible yeah, yeah, well I, put. I made i made a note of this that i want to read something to y'all uh during this part from the book uh i read this article by a guy named richard chismar who was chismar. talking about the shining and um to me this is this encapsulates the Overlook Hotel and had how it had its hands in Jack. So I'm just reading from Richard Chismar's article. And then we suddenly find ourselves at the peak, the point of no return of this midnight roller coaster as we reach chapter 33, simply titled The Snowmobile. It's a quiet scene, one character, minimal dialogue. Jack stands alone inside the Overlook shed, staring at his family's only possible mode of escape. And we can feel the war raging inside him as he runs through his muddied thoughts. He searches for spark plugs and a battery for the snowmobile, and we feel and hear the rage and confusion boiling inside him. We feel him fighting the overlook for his soul. Good versus evil, sure, but it's bigger than that. Jack Torrance, the husband, the father, the man, the guy we're rooting for, he's all there on the page, the best of him and the worst of him. And then with these words, I can't win, he said very Mm -hmm. softly. That was it. It was like trying to play solitaire with one of the aces missing from the deck. We witness his surrender. King's words here are deceptively simple, and they break my heart. Then and now, 
Any chance of a happy ending for this man and his family are gone. We just watched the Overlook Hotel win, and now the roller coaster is plummeting into darkness and taking us with it. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. That was deep. And that, the that's the perfectly. part of the book where those three words, I can't win. Yeah. yeah. It's like he gives up and just allows the Overlook to take control. And yeah. I feel like you see then that. it gets crazy. I feel like you see that in the movie. Maybe that's the kind of, I mean, I know it was kind of going downhill anyways, but like that scene that I said earlier where you really get that, that long drawn out shot of him where he's just like looking at his, his family. His wife yeah. And kid, and you yeah. can tell, I feel like maybe that's I don't it's know. almost, that's where he's, yeah, he's just kind of like, yeah, he's, I feel like at that point he's lost. He's kind of like, Oh, well, you know, nothing I can do about it. Might as well just give in and kill him. Yeah. Cause that's the look. Well, I mean, that's, man, that's deep. It's real deep. Yes. Yeah. Stephen deep King. movie. It's a deep mm. movie. It's a good book. It's a lot to talk about a lot. A good stuff lot to there. dive into. We could keep talking for hours and hours. I think. Yeah, yeah just real quick about the end of the book because the oh, end yeah. of the book is much different than the end of the. Oh movies. yeah, forgot about that. So in the end of the book, one of the big things that they talk about is the boiler. Now the boiler has to be kept on this rotation. Oh yeah, a different part of the hotel has to be heated every day. I made a joke about her being an engineer all of a sudden. Exactly. Well, in the end of the book, he forgets about the boiler. Mm. So, Danny as he's chasing him, kind of leads him into the boiler room and locks Jack down there. Um, and then they escape with Dick, who does not get killed. Oh. Yeah. And then the overlook explodes with Jack in the boiler room. Oh, wow. That's a drastic difference. Yes. A little bit of a different. Wow. I'm su- Okay. I mean, not, not that there's anything wrong with uh, either one of those. That's just No, wow. I think they're both... Yeah. Such a- I think they're both, like I said different entities you can't look yeah at. i feel like you just like the it's maze it's not like idea. pet cemetery where stephen king wrote the screenplay so yeah that's cool yeah well there is um there was a i haven't, I haven't read it unfortunately mm-hmm. there was a sequel to the book i think it was about 20 years later when stephen king put it out it's called dr sleep dr sleep and it features danny all grown up um now there is going to be a movie made by mr mike flanagan We've talked about a couple times on the podcast, uh, Haunting of Hill House. Oh, yeah. And Oculus. Gotcha. Annabelle. Annabelle. Creation. Mm-hmm. All the good movies. Um, looking forward to that one and seeing more of what's about. There's not much. I think they're filming it, so there's, that's about all they've talked about. But cool. we'll see how it goes. I'm sure Ryan will like it more than the original. Probably. It being a sequel and everything. Captain Sequel over here. Captain we'll Sequel. See. So is it, uh, is it is it just going to be like <clears throat> a movie based off just a book that's just a well, sequel yeah. to The Shining, or is it going to be like a sequel to the movie? Well, Dr. Sleep is about Danny growing up. I know, but... Is it going to be like different from the book like this one was? That's what you mean? Yeah, so what I'm saying is it's just going to be like a movie in its own that's based off the book that is a sequel to The Shining, or is this movie going to be a sequel to, to this, the movie? The, the, the movie, movie version? I'm not sure. It's a good I question. know Mike Flanagan, he's done a couple now Stephen King adaptations and he's always stayed so far pretty true mm. um maybe he's only done gerald's game that's the only one he may have done but uh i would imagine he's going to stay true to the book but who knows they may either way it's going to be something interesting to see yeah we'll yeah. see how it goes but and we will be talking about it on the podcast it says, says while the film dr sleep is a direct adaptation of king's novel mike flanagan has said that Stanley Kubrick's The Shining would be acknowledged. All right. Uh, there we go. Okay. That's your answer. That's neat. Very exciting. So January, 20, so January 24th, 2020, starring Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Oh, McGregor. Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Obi-Wan. I'll watch that. Young I'm Obi-Wan. Interesting. Interesting. I'm, I'm a fan. Hopefully, I'll probably read the book before then, but... I won't. I won't. 
I won't. It's on the list of. I have too much stuff I'm working on. Tons of books. Well, now I want to read both. I want to read the. Can't read, Ryan. Oh, <laughs> shit. I forgot. You haven't read my book, have you? Bastard. Oh. Dang blow blow. Caleb, come on. <laughs> I win again, people. Speaking of Caleb's books, they are on sale on Amazon right now. <laughs> the last book yep. I read yeah, was Gone people. Girl. Gone Girl. That was a good book. Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Caleb has books online. We're <laughs> yeah, online. Selfish plug. We'll wrap this up here. This has been yeah. fun. We've has been could be talking about The Shining for a long, long time. We could. So we've got another long episode in the books. We're happy with it. Uh, we are on all of the social media platforms: Instagram, Facebook, the Horror and Hops podcast, Twitter at Horror and Hops. Mm-hmm. You can find the episodes on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Podbean. There's a lot of them. Everywhere. Oh, remember. Yeah, we're everywhere. Really cool. Thank you for everybody who has listened so far, and thank you for listening to this one as well. And a big thank you to Thunder John. Amen. For always giving his taste with the movies and making the our voices sound beautiful. Mm. Thanks, Thunder. Thank you, Thunder. And the beer. And the beer. Thanks, Carbach. Yes. Hoppadillo's good. Delicious. Hoppadillo. Sorry. It got smoother Close. and smoother as the night went on. It did. And we got and looser I'm, and looser. Mm-hmm. Especially in mine. Shut Especially up, yours, Ryan. That special, special pour. Pour. <laughs> you want to know my trick? Find where I am. Message me. Is that a creepy? If you can figure out who I am. <laughs> yeah, you, who knows? You got a brother named Tony. That's all we know. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Ryan Bork. Well, we do appreciate everybody listening. Damn it, Caleb. Thank you, Thunder. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Caleb. Glad this I could. a lot of fun. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Mr. Thanks, Lambert. Yeah, Mr. Yes. Lambert. Thanks, Big Johnson. <laughs> See you, money. That's yeah. Caleb. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. This has been a blast. We're looking forward to the next time. Every episode comes out every other Monday, so expect another one two weeks from today. I'm not today. looking forward to the next one. Yeah, the next one's going to be fun. Stay tuned for that one. Yeah. This has been the Horror and Hops Podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs>